Well, again, I'm Jamie. I'm from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I have been married in October for 11 years to my beautiful wife, Amber, who I'm very sad could not be here today, but we will be back again soon. And she's coming with me along with my two children, my four-year-old son, Jet. Who's met Jet? Wave at, wave. Oh, you're not going to forget Jet. Oh, his energy matches his name. And then my two-year-old daughter, Banks, B-A-N-K-S. Yes, Banks, because the only other option was poverty, and I was not going to name her that, okay? So we just decided we would speak right into her future. It's going to be a good day. Hey, uh, I'll take as much help as you'll give me. Uh, So if you want to leave, you can leave. If you want to sit, you can sit. Whatever you want to do, it's up to you. I'm just giving you permission to do what you want to do. It's not about me. It's about you, okay? Uh, There's a flow that's happening here uh, around Jesus and our king and who he is. So I I wanted to give you this. Maybe you've heard it. Maybe you have it. But this is so good. Uh, S.M. Lockridge puts it like this. I wonder if you know him. Do you know my king? The Bible says he's the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. Now, that's my king, and I wonder... Do you know him today? No barriers can hinder him from pouring out his blessing. No means of measure can define his limitless love. No far-seeing telescope can bring into visibility the coastline of his shoreless supply. Oh, that's good news. He's enduringly strong. He's eternally steadfast. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. That's my king. He says it like this, he's God's son, he's the sinner's savior, he's the centerpiece of civilization, he's unparalleled, he's unprecedented, he's preeminent, he's the loftiest idea in literature, he's the fundamental doctrine in true theology, he's the miracle of the ages, he's the superlative of everything good, he's the only one able to supply all of our needs simultaneously he supplies strength for the weak he's available for the tempted and the tried he sympathizes and he saves he heals the sick he cleanses the lepers he forgives sinners he delivers the captives he defends the feeble he blesses the young he serves the unfortunate his he he regards the aged he rewards the diligent and he beautifies the meek i wonder do you know him today. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know Jesus? Because my king is the key of knowledge. He's the wellspring of wisdom. He's the doorway of deliverance. He's the gateway of glory. He's the pathway of peace. He's the roadway of righteousness. He's the highway of holiness. His promise is true. His life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteousness. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. I wonder, Bethel, do you know him today? Ah, he's incomprehensible. He's invincible. He's irresistible. I'm trying to tell you, the heaven of heavens cannot contain him, let alone man explain him. You can't get him out of your mind, and you can't outlive him, and you can't live without him. The Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found out they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. The witnesses couldn't get their testimonies to agree, and Herod could couldn't kill him, death couldn't handle him, and the grave could not hold him down. I wonder, do you know 
my king today. Oh, it's so good. He always has been and he always will be. I'm talking about he had no predecessor and he'll have no successor. There was nobody before him and there'll be nobody after him. You can't impeach him and he's not going to resign. That's my king. And I wonder, do you know him today? He's the master of the mighty. He's the captain of the conquerors. He's the head of the heroes. He's the leader of the legislators. He's the overseer of the overcomers. He's the governor of the governors. He's the king of kings. He's the prince of princes. He's the lords of lords. That's my king. For for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Come on, somebody shout amen. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. I wonder, do you know King Jesus today? Ah, Yeah, that's so good. I've got only good news for you today. And that is if you are in relationship with Jesus, your life is only going to get better. Come on, somebody. Look at your neighbor and say, your life is only going to get better. Tell them today, your life is only going to get better. Challenges and trials, they will come your way, but it will not stop you from life getting better and better and better and better. Oh, heaven is our destiny, but we do not have to wait for heaven to experience heaven on earth. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Oh, whatever is bound, whatever is loosed in heaven, the same will be on earth. Oh, this is such good news. Psalm 112 says it like this. Praise the Lord. Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight in his commands. Their children will be mighty in the land. Oh, that's good news. I just speak that over Jet and Banks right now. In Jesus' name, you will be mighty in the land. The word promises, it says, let me read it again. Praise the Lord. Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight in his commands. If you do not find great delight in the commands of the Lord, your life will be chaos. For those that are in relationship with the Lord, think about your life before the Lord. Absolute chaos. And if your life is chaotic today, I would submit to you the answer to your issues and your problems is to find delight in the Lord. Their children will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Oh, here's some good news. Wealth and riches are in their houses, and their righteousness endures forever. Mm. Even in the darkness, light, uh, light dawns for the upright. For those who are gracious and compassionate and righteous, oh man, that's good news. Even in the darkness, light dawns for the upright. Even when it looks bad, even when it feels bad, even when somebody says it is bad, when you serve the Lord and your righteous light shines for you. Mm. It says good will come to those who are generous. Somebody say generous. You want good to come your way? You live generous and lend freely who conduct their affairs with justice. Surely the righteous will never be shaken. Oh, yeah. They will be remembered forever. 
They will have no fear of bad news. Their hearts are steadfast, trusting the Lord. Their hearts are secure. They will have no fear. Mm. If you're a business owner in this room and you are worried about the economy, you're worried about what is coming, you need to read Psalm 112. Huh. They will have no fear of bad news. Their hearts are steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Their hearts are secure. They will have no fear. In the end, they will look in triumph over their foes. So if somebody is coming against you, if somebody is trying to tear you down, if someone is trying to take you out, as a king's kid, what I'm telling you is the Bible says that you will look in triumph over your foes. Mm. They have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Their horn will be lifted high in honor. Oh, this is such good news for those who fear the Lord and live in relationship with the Lord. I've come today for just a few minutes to tell you the best news of all, and that's you have the advantage. You have the advantage. As a believer, as someone who serves and fears the Lord, as someone who lives in the kingdom of God, you have the advantage. The world would call it an unfair advantage, I would just call it an advantage. It doesn't matter if it's fair or not. You just are advantage. Look at your neighbor and say, you have the advantage. Tell them, say, you have the advantage. There's an unfair advantage to those who live and give like Jesus. There's an unfair advantage to the believer who does exactly what the word says. There's an unfair advantage to someone who gives their life to Christ, and as Elder Mark said, then you get in the flow. If you live by the laws of the word, because the word is full of law and process, when you practice the principles of the word and you do exactly what it says, you have an unfair advantage in your life over everyone else. In a microwave culture, where people believe that I need to get everything instantaneously on the spot right this second. When, 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 when you believe that your house should sell long before it's ever on the market, come on somebody, think about a year ago. I mean, people were in their living rooms thinking, I'm gonna sell this house and I'm gonna have 27 offers on this house. And they believed that the moment they stuck it on the market, it was gonna sell. And for those that did not sell, and for those that did not experience that immediate rush, that did not understand the bigger picture of the kingdom, they were in frustration. They lived in irritation. They didn't know why this was happening. Yet I had friends who put their houses on the market and it didn't sell instantaneously, but they were believers and they saw the bigger picture that all things work together for the good of those that love the Lord and are called according to his purposes. <clears throat> there is an unfair advantage of understanding the bigger picture. There is an unfair advantage of being able to see it from God's perspective. 
In business, they say, get the 30,000 foot perspective. Well, what I would say is get God's perspective. Start seeing it from a heavenly place. You've gotta see the whole thing. The good news is the entire playbook is right here. You can find the entire playbook right. I mean, you have the unfair advantage to how everything was created, how everything was designed to operate, and what's gonna happen when it all comes to a close. That's an unfair advantage to already know the answer to the question. It's an unfair advantage to already understand everything and have all of the knowledge and all the wisdom that you could want. And if you're sitting here today and you say, Jamie, but I don't know. Well, the Bible says if you ask for wisdom, the Lord will give it liberally. If you're in a situation and you're coming against a roadblock and you don't know what to do, the Bible says if you would ask, then God would give, not a little, not a pinch, but God would give it to you liberally. The Bible says, ask and you shall receive. Knock and the door shall be open unto you. The word says to seek and you will find. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things shall be added unto you. I just come to tell you that you have such an unfair advantage when you're a believer, get ready, who believes? Oh yeah, here we go. Because I've met a lot of believers that don't actually believe. I've met too many believers who have sat in chairs and pews for too long and they have lost faith and they're not operating in belief. They don't actually believe what the word says. When push comes to shove, oh, I gotta be careful and not say that word. When push comes to shove, they'll get a little irritated when you try to start stirring their faith. And the excuse is, you haven't seen what I've seen. You haven't been through what I've been through. You haven't lived long enough to know what it's really like out there. Have you heard it said, it's a dog-eat-dog world out there? You, you, don't, you don't really understand what's going on behind the scenes. I've read the word. I know what's going on behind the scenes in heaven. And in heaven, there's endless supply. Behind the scenes, there's streets of gold. Behind the scenes, there's plenty of food. And I like that, come on somebody. And behind the scenes, there's a mansion prepared for me. And behind the scenes, there's enough love and enough grace and enough mercy and enough forgiveness. Behind the scenes, Jesus came and gave his life. He died. And behind the scenes, he went and took the keys of death, hell, and the grave. He came back. He resurrected. He ascended to the Father. He gave us the Holy Spirit. See, behind the scenes, I have everything that I need. Man, I'm feeling this today and it's not even in my notes. <laughs> Behind the scenes of the chaos for a believer who believes is everything that you need. 
All the healing you need is there. It already exists. All of the joy you need is there. It already exists. All of the right relationships you're looking for is there. It already exists. Behind the scenes. What are you talking about behind the scenes? Actually, there is no behind the scenes. It's just already there. It already exists. It's all around us. Do you understand that you live in an ocean, an ocean of endless supply in the kingdom? Do you, do you get that the way you live, that God has already produced and given what it is that you need for now and you need for later? You already possess it. You lack absolutely nothing as a believer. But a believer who believes activates it. Because a believer that believes, that has faith, now you start to take action on those things, whether you see it or not. You, like the word says, man, I'm just quoting scripture left and right. Thank you, thank you, Jamie, for reading your Bible. Thank you, Jamie, for listening to your pastor. I just, thank you, Jamie, for like submitting to the word of God. I just won't thank myself today because the word is just flowing. It's just, oh, Jeremiah's like a fire shut up in my bones. Oh, I'm thankful for a believer who lives by faith and not by sight. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm thankful. I'm thankful, baby. I'm thankful for one who just says, you know what, come hell or high water, come whatever the doctor says, whatever the bank account says, oh man, no matter what my friends say, no matter what my boss says, no matter what my crazy spouse said, I mean, no matter what I say, because my spouse is not crazy, it's me. No matter what happens, I'm just gonna believe that I believe what the word of God says. I'm just gonna take action and I'm gonna do everything the word calls me to do. I'm not gonna pout, I'm not gonna complain, I'm not gonna get old and bitter, baby. I'm gonna believe exactly what the word says. I'm gonna do it. Because when I get around people like that, that stir their faith, oh man, we live on top of the world. Oh, there's not a number in a bank account that represents the top of the world. It's an attitude, it's a mindset, it's a heart posture. When you realize that you have an unfair advantage as a believer, what, what does a life look like that is an unfair advantage? What does it look like to live this generosity advantage Jesus lifestyle? Because I just say Jesus and generosity, it's the same exact thing. Jesus is generosity and generosity is Jesus. It's all in the same. You, you can't pull them apart. You can't separate Jesus being the most generous human that ever lived Ever. You can't separate that God is the most generous God that's ever existed because he's the one who existed before and he's the one who existed after. You, you can't separate it. What does it look like? A life of generosity is bold. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A life of generosity, it's abundant. A life of generosity is lived open-handed, not closed-fisted. A life of generosity is devoted to people and purpose. A life of generosity is lived giving and not borrowing. A life of generosity is lived on top of the world. A life of generosity is intentional, it's irresistible. Have you spent any time with someone who's generous? When you get around them, you just want to spend more time with them. 
when you get around someone who's always frustrated, perpetually irritated, someone who lives in the pit, complainers. Have you ever met a complainer? Don't raise your hand, but you get around a complainer. (laughs) You don't want to spend a lot of time with them. You want to get away from them. Let me give you a, an off the record, on the record, because it's being recorded, but off the record tip <laughs> to being a high performer. If you want to be a high performer and you want to be an elite achiever in whatever you do, whatever God designed you and destined you to do, if you want to be an elite real estate agent, if you want to be an elite car salesman, if you want to be an elite maintenance and facilities person, if you want to be an elite achiever as a teacher, as a doctor, as a lawyer, if you want to be an elite achiever as an engineer, if you want to be an elite achiever in the hardest job in the entire world, which is being a stay-at-home mom with two young children. I'm telling the truth now, aren't I? I'm telling the truth, shame the devil. Oh, he's got some big corporate job and he sits in the C-suite and he's cutting business deals and it's, oh, it's so tough. My life is so stressful. You don't know what I'm going through. Come home for two days, for 12 hours with two toddlers. You'll learn how to negotiate, baby. You will really learn how to negotiate. You want to cut that big deal? Go negotiate with a two-year-old. Oh, you think I'm lying? My wife sent me a photo yesterday. I should have given it to the team to put up there. She said, she said your two-year-old daughter, just so you know, was fighting me at bedtime and was refusing to sleep on her pillow like a good girl should, you know, just, and a good boy, just listen to mom and dad and lay on the pillow and go see, uh-uh. So my, my daughter set Indian style in rebellion with her arms crossed. I'm just gonna tell you, sleep gets to you, baby, one way or the other. And that girl sitting Indian style with her arms crossed just fell straight over. She's still sitting, but she was laying face down in the blanket. <laughs> You want to learn a thing or two? Spend 24 hours with a toddler, baby. I'm just telling you. You will learn something about life. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, let me just take it there. Let me go ahead. You'll learn something about life. Oh, man, it's not even in my notes. You'll learn something about life. You know what I've learned about life? That I've learned that I sit on the side of the spectrum of stingy. That's what I've learned. I am the most stingy human being you will ever meet. I am. Yet the Bible says the world of the generous gets larger and larger and the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. (laughs) I mean, we've got problems if the world of the generous gets larger and the world of the stingy gets smaller and I'm stingy. I I, I perpetually am trying to break stinginess in my soul. I'm trying to break it in my heart. I'm trying to break it in my mind. I've learned that I'm stingy by watching my toddler Oh, don't worry, I haven't forgotten about telling you the key to be an elite achiever. Just give it a second. Uh, this, is what I've, this is what I've learned by watching my toddler. I don't know if you've ever experienced this before, but my two-year-old, she'll be in, 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 in one room, in, in the playroom, which is just our sitting room, 
that we had to turn into a playroom because when you have toddlers, they're in control, okay? So we, <laughs> we turned our, our quiet space into their space unwillingly. I didn't open-handedly do that. It kind of just got ripped away from me, okay? I'm just being honest. But I'll watch my two-year-old, and she'll come over, and she'll pick up a toy, and she'll start playing in her own world. Whatever the toy is, she's building the blocks. She's got her own little kitchen. You know, she's playing with the frying pan. She's got fake food. She's acting like she's eating the banana, whatever it is. And on the other side of the house is my four-year-old. Uh-huh. And Jet's over here, and Jet is watching TV. Jet's minding his own business, so I thought. Jet's doing his own thing. And on the other side of the house, Banks is playing with her stuff. But before long, Jet, out of the corner of his eye, notices what his sister's doing. Jet gets off of his throne, which is my couch. He goes walking to the other side of the house, goes to his sister that is half his size, reaches over and rips the banana or the frying pan or the block out of her hand. She starts screaming because she's mad. He's yelling at her because he's going, no, it's my toy. You're playing with my toy. You can't have my toy. And all the while, I'm in a different part of the house, and I'm watching this, and I hear the voice of the Holy Spirit saying, Jamie, do you see him? And I go, oh, yeah, it's about to go down. Oh, here we go, baby. Oh, daddy's coming to the rescue. And he said, hold up, wait a minute. I'm about to put some love in it. <laughs> Before you lose your mind, your soul, your salvation, and end up in prison, let me help you. Get ready. Jamie, you're staring at yourself. Excuse me? You're staring at yourself. Want to know why? Because I walk over and I look at him and I say, Jet, what are you doing, son? It's my toy, Dad. It's mine. Jet, what do you mean it's mine? It's my toy, Dad. She took my toy. No, 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 son. That toy is not yours. Actually, that toy is mine. Because I'm the one that provided you the toy, Jet. And I get to determine who uses the toy and who doesn't use the toy. Jet, you're, you're going to get stingy like that? You were minding your own business over here watching the TV that your mother and I provided for you, sitting on the couch that we were given, and we didn't even pay for it, somebody gave it to us, in the house that we paid for, and you're minding your own business, and over here you see somebody else playing with what you believe is your toy, messing with your thing, and you get all out of shape because you don't want to share no, 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 son. That's not how this works. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take this toy from you, and now I'm going to put you in time out because I want to teach you a lesson. Son, it's not yours. It's not hers. It's mine. But son, if you really want to know the truth of it all, that toy is not mine. This house is not mine. That couch is not mine. That TV is not mine. It actually belongs to the Father. He gave it all to me in the 
beginning, the Bible says he created me in his image. He breathed the breath of life into me. He gave me every talent, every gifting. He gave me all that I have. And son, if you are going to play stingy, then I'm going to take it away. It's going to get smaller and smaller if that's how you're going to live. Oh, Jamie, you're just staring at yourself. Oh, Jamie, you're, you're just looking at Jed and now you're realizing it's you. Son, I don't know what you're worried about. You're looking over here at the small thing. I know that you see toys in this corner. Oh, man. Holy Spirit fingers. <laughs> to you and to me, because I'm feeling this. <laughs> Son, I know that you see that your toys are here. Son, I know, oh baby, I know that it looks like a limited supply. I know, son, I know that you see your sister playing with two or three things and you're going, there's not that many over here. But son, what you've forgotten about is if you just take a step and you open the closet, there's more toys in the closet. Oh son, what you're forgetting about is if you go upstairs to your bedroom, there's a bedroom full of toys. Ah, oh, son, what you've forgotten about is Christmas is coming and your birthday is coming and oh, oh, just because I love you is already here. So, son, there is a place called Amazon, son, where they have warehouses full of toys. Son, have you forgotten that what is in your possession today is just a minute representation of what actually exists on the planet? Son, why would you live a life that's trying to hoard? Why would you live a life that's trying to take away from everybody else? Why would you live in such a way to be stingy son open your hands and open your heart and open your mind son there is endless supply in the kingdom son you have all that you need you have so much more son why would you hold on to the thing why would you hold on to the the singular thing why would you hold on to the one banana when there is a bundle of bananas over there Son, why would you hold on to the one frying pan when there's a kitchen full of cooking utensils? Son, why would you live in such a way that you would be closed-minded and closed-hearted and closed-fisted and you would just not live in such a way that said there is more than enough. I have plenty more in store. I don't need to worry about today's manna. I don't need to worry about tomorrow's bills. I don't even need to wonder if it's going to work out because my unfair advantage is that all things, not one thing, not two things, not three things, but all things are working together for the good of those that love him and are called according to his purposes. Oh, If you didn't get it, it's for me. It's for me, baby. It's for me because I need to open my hand a little bit more. I need, to be, I need to stop being so stingy. And I need to live in the abundance of the kingdom. Somebody come and help me on keys. Let's shut this thing down. 
Oh, the unfair advantage of the believer who believes, who lives boldly, abundantly, open-handed, who lives devoted to people and purpose, who lives giving, who lives on top of the world, who lives a life that's intentional and irresistible. The unfair advantage to the believer that lives generously is your world will get larger and larger. Your world will get better and better. Oh, the more peace you give, the more peace you receive. The more joy you extend, the more joy you get back. Oh yeah, the happier you are when you sow those seeds of a smile, guess what, you get them back. The bigger you live, The cap to that will always be how big you give. The bigger you live, not the better it gets. The better it gets, the bigger I give. Because the bigger I give and the better it gets, the more I have. It's never a financial position. It's never how many friends I have. It's never how much stuff I have. It's the posture and the position of my heart. Am I like Jesus? How do I know it's true? Because Jesus gave up heaven to come die on earth. But that seed of giving saved all of eternity, all of humanity. It saved forever. Do you understand? That he left the riches of the kingdom to come to earth for you and for me. If you, if you think it's good now, watch what happens if you gave it all away. If you think life is good today, watch what would happen if you open your hands and gave it all away. It will produce something so much better than you have in this moment, you'll, have, you'll wish you had done it sooner. Jamie, how do I become an elite achiever? You become an elite achiever by opening your hands and at any moment on a drop of a dime, you're willing to give anything away. Let me help you. When's the last time you willingly gave a deal away to a colleague? Willingly, not, not I did a deal and I took a percentage of the commission and I gave it to my local church. That's good, you should do that. You should start at 10%. That's just the floor. You should do much more than that. I'll call you to a higher place because in this area, we live this. So I have the authority to call you there. When's the last time you had something sitting on your table where you go, this is so good for my family. I would never wanna let this go. But you decided to be so much like Jesus that you opened your eyes and looked around and said, but this could bless somebody so much more. Huh. How long, friend, Will you act like me?
how long will you act like Jet? I know it's not all of you. It may just be me. I may just be preaching to myself this morning. But how long are you just gonna hold on to everything that you have with just such a tight grip? Not open your hands and let it go. How long? The, the Bible says, you should thank me when I quote this to you. You're gonna love me a little bit more in a second because I'm about to give you an out. The Bible says, do not give under compulsion. <laughs> it says, determine in your heart what you will give for God loves a cheerful giver. I, I didn't come here to tell you to give your house away. I didn't come to tell you to empty your bank account. I didn't come to tell you to give your car away. I, <laughs> shoot, I didn't even come to tell you to give your retirement away. I didn't come to tell you to do any of that. <laughs> Though we have emptied our retirement before and we have given every dollar in our bank account away before. Oh, is that some, some long, some long time ago, Jamie, is that when you did that? It was April. We just live like this. Oh, God. oh, oh, Holy Spirit, you want it all? You can have it all. Okay. That's reckless, Jamie. That's irresponsible, Jamie. Really? It's not mine. How is it reckless or irresponsible? You think it's reckless or irresponsible because you think that all you have is that little bit. But I know the banker. <laughs> I know the supplier. Are you hearing me? I know the creator. I know the one who owns it all. come here to ask you to actually give any of your material things. I came here to invite you to give your life away. To not live for yourself or your desires, but to live for his. <laughs> you know, we don't know each other, but I like you, man. I wish I could play as good as you could play. I just don't practice. <laughs> I mean, tell the truth and shame the devil, right? You do. You have reaped the harvest of being a world-class musician because you sowed your time, the little talent you had before you learned, which was probably nothing because we don't know much, right? You, your hands work though. You got a little something to work with. You gave your treasures, cost you something, didn't it, financially? 
And then you reap the harvest after investing all of that of being who you are today and being as gifted and as talented as you. Huh. Here, here's the best news of all. The Bible says to the one who gives his life, they find their life. <laughs> the one who keeps their life loses their life. The Bible is full of reference, story, and truth of those that live with a closed hand will lose everything. Have you read the parable of the talents? Two of them went and produced. They gave away to, and produced. They went and produced. They didn't did something. They doubled it and they brought it back and said, Master, here you go. Well done, good and faithful servant. <clears throat> you didn't just hold on to it. You made something happen with it. But the one who had won, the Bible says, they buried the talent. They brought it back. And he said, the least you could have done was gi given it to the banker. Do you hear that? Give. The least you could have done, the minimal you could have done, was given it away to someone who could have produced with it. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. The least you could do is give it to someone else who could make something of it. Because the way this works is when you do that, you get it back. And not just what you gave, but you get more back. And then you could have given it to me. Because I'm the source and I gave it to you in the first place. Oh, Jesus, help me. Help me, God. I love them, but help me. <laughs> I need to get this. So because you're so stingy and because you live in so much fear and because you won't open your hands and because you won't live generous, I'm going to take it from you and I'm gonna go give it to somebody else that'll go do something with it and live out Genesis to be fruitful and multiply. The bad news is, if you hold on for too long, it's gonna be ripped away from you. The good news is, you serve a God of a second chance. And today is chance number two, three, four, five, or 5,000 because you serve a gracious God and he is giving you another chance to say, God, with what you've given me, 
I will live a lifestyle of giving it away. That in any moment, in any circumstance, in any situation, if you want it, God, you can have it. Lord, my ears are open to your voice. God, my eyes are focused on you. And if you are asking me, Lord, to live open-handed, which I know you are, so I'm already doing it. But if you're asking me, God, to take what is in my possession and share it and give it to someone else, God, on a drop of a dime, you can have it. Because I understand the principle of the sower, that God gives seed to the sower. God gives seed to the sower that I'll never run out, that I'll have plenty more in store. Friend, I love you with all of my heart. I am calling you to a lifestyle of outrageous generosity. I'm calling you to step up to the plate today and open up every crevice of your heart, mind, and soul and say, in Jesus, you can have it all. You can have it all. This morning I prayed as I was getting ready. Actually, I sang and I don't have a voice, but this is what it sounded like. You can have it all, Lord. Every part of my... Sounded just like that and I paused. Oh, I know the next, I know the next word. I'm li literally, that's what I did. I stopped and I go, do I really want him to have every part of my soul, of my heart, of my life? I'm being honest with you. I stopped. And then I just used the logical side of my brain. Not the emotional side that many of us live in in this generation the logical. And I go, well, logically, if I don't give it to him, I'm going to lose it anyways. <laughs> and out loud, I go, you idiot. <laughs> I think that offended a lot of people because I love saying it. <laughs> love you, Holy Spirit fingers. Every part of my heart You can have it all, Lord. I'm positioned for him to have it all, and so are you. So the question is, will you give it all? Every part. If you'll give every part of your heart, your mind, and your soul, I want you to stand to your feet today, right now. Stand to your feet. If you're not willing to, then don't do it. You can pause. You can think about it. You have a choice. That's the good news. God gave you the free will. 